Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 724. I would say to uh, pursue patience, persistence, and steadfastness in your car life, your business life, and your family and spiritual life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bill Hahn. Hey, Bill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, Mark, I'm ready. And just listening to you make the intro makes uh, makes me excited. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, I promise you that we will have a little bit of fun here. Bill Hahn began specializing in collectible automobiles and automotive restoration way back in 1978, and he's never looked back. In 2001, Bill teamed up with Wes Woodward to form Hahn and Woodward Auto Restorations. This firm later became Hahn Vorbeck, of course, with Paul, who was our guest yesterday on Cars Yeah. Uh, when Wes stepped down, um, Paul Vorbeck became a full-time partner at that time. Located in Harmony, Pennsylvania, the shop performs ground-up restorations on a variety of vehicles, including Mercedes-Benz, Ferraris, Jaguars, and other marks, in addition to American-made classics. And in 2016, Bill and his partner, Paul, co-founded HV3D Works. It's a high-tech startup that's bringing 3D scanning and printing technology to the automotive restoration and customization industry. Bill's one of the founders of Wexford Starlight Car Crews, it's one of the largest weekly cruises on the East Coast. Very cool. Well, Bill, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles? I sure will, Mark. Well, to begin with, I was born in 1952. There you go. Is that going back far enough? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit fast forward. I When I got out of high school, I went to a trade school for a year and I... Directly out of that, I went to work at a uh, Buick dealership. And within a couple of years, I was, uh, I find myself managing a body shop department. And, uh, not long after that, uh, even taught shop for, uh, a short period of, period of time. In fact, I was so young then, I was able to grow a beard. <laughs> but the first day of work, I came in. I, I, I didn't shave the beard to get the job, but after I had the job, I shaved the beard and the director of the school said to me, oh my gosh, why'd you shave the beard? You look too young now. <laughs> yeah, you don't look like anybody will take you very seriously. <laughs> yeah. So as you said, I started uh, specializing in uh, 1978 in restoration. And along the way, before that and after that, the first two business uh, startups that I attempted didn't fall didn't uh, follow through they both of them fell but the third one which has been uh Han and Woodward and now Han Vorbach uh mm -hmm. that one took off and I I was 49 years old when I started the third one wow very cool you know this is really cool and I love to hear stories like this is a lot like your buddy Paul there who was in a different industry and then jumped into what he's doing now and sounds like he is having a fantastic time and we're going to learn a lot more about you your business and your automotive journey but first i always like to start my guests with a success quote something that has some meaning for you maybe a mantra it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so bill take the wheel 
Well, you know, in this business, we also often face really difficult tasks, oftentimes being with a part that's defective and you cannot replace it. Mm -hmm. But even before we started the 3D printing part of the business, I would tell my guys that if that part already exists, someone made it. And if someone made it before, then we can repeat that action again. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. And With old cars being such great uh, investment opportunities and passionate opportunities for people these days, uh, more and more cars are being restored, it seems like. I've got buddies and friends who've been on the show here who restore cars, and some of them, yeah, trying to find parts is just almost utterly impossible. So I think it's pretty cool that you have that philosophy, and that's carried you guys into this this new business, which we're going to learn a little bit about. But first, I want to go back in time with you a little bit and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in time when you really realize that you indeed were going to be a car guy? Oh, I can, I can go way back on that one. <laughs> in fact, it was the first custom car show that I had gone to. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably like eight years old. My oh. father took me and we got separated. When he found me, he said that I got lost. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I straightened him out on that. Uh, I told him that I wasn't lost at all. Yeah. Uh, I was at the car show. I was enjoying myself. When he finally found me, He'd find me standing in front of uh, some cars that that I was standing there admiring, and I wasn't the least bit aware that my dad got lost. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How cool is that? I'm laughing because when my son was a little boy, we were at SeaWorld in San Diego, and we got separated, and to this day, he goes, remember that day at SeaWorld (laughs) you abandoned me next to the porpoises? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you were having a really good time, even though your dad wasn't there next to you, and and that's that's what lit the fire for you. Is that it, seeing those cars? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Bill, let's take another journey around some of the roads you've driven down. And I'd love for you to share a big challenge or failure. You talked about those other two businesses trying to get something going. They didn't work out. Maybe that's what you want to share with us today. But of course, the most important part of these kinds of stories is what do they teach us so that we can move forward? So take us to that time, kind of walk us through it, and then tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in the business that ended up being successful. Well, it really was the second attempt because the first attempt, I was pretty young and very immature. And it was would have been something that would have been inevitable or obvious to pretty much anyone, you know. But the second attempt, it was after I'd started specializing in restoration work. I'd been doing it for quite some time. I was more mature, had grown spiritually also, and I had really prayed about it a lot. And I was just so sure, so certain that this was a good move, that mm-hmm. God was directing it. He was behind it. He, you know, he was going to bless it. It didn't turn out that way. Well, what happened? Take us to that painful time and so forth and, and maybe share with us why it didn't happen at the time and then how you discovered later really why it didn't happen. Well, you know, I had already been sensitized to isocyanates. So, when a company, a manufacturer came along and they had a non-isocyanate product, I was ready to jump on board with that. So I went to their school, got certified to use it. And with that certification came a guarantee from them. Well, when the product did not hold up, and perhaps it might have been okay to use on late model collision work mm-hmm. where you weren't really using much of it, but on restoration work, certainly wasn't made for. At any rate, they didn't stand up to their word uh, on their guarantee. And of course, it wasn't a small little sports car. It had to be a four-door Rolls-Royce big car. So everything had, and when it went bad, it was already painted. So it had to be completely stripped back down to the bare metal and completely redone. And, you know, I, I saved that job 
More importantly, I, I saved the relationship with the customer. Uh, in fact, we're still f- good friends to this day. And that was around 1990. And, you know, it was just, it was too much redo work, too much downtime to be able to survive it. So I, for, I was glad I was able to at least get the card on for the customer and make that right for him. You know, it bothered me so much that I was so certain that this was the thing to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I felt like I prayed about it. Well, I was, re- I, I was reading a story in the Bible about when uh, Joseph and, you know, it, pardon me if I get part of the story wrong. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, Joseph, the uh, uh, the stepfather, let's say, of uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. they had moved to uh, Egypt shortly after uh, Jesus was born to escape uh, uh, Herod. And sometime later, he uh, had a dream. An angel came to him in a dream and told him to uh, it was time to go back to Bethlehem. So they packed up, started back to Bethlehem. Before they got there, he had another dream. Angel came to him and said, nah, you're not going to Bethlehem. Go to Nazareth instead. I stopped and I thought, why wasn't he just directed to go to Nazareth in the first place? And then I looked at myself and I thought, you know, Nazareth didn't have a very good name. And it's quite possible that uh, Joseph might have ignored that uh, direction to go to Nazareth and uh, would have stayed in Egypt, perhaps, if he hadn't been directed to go to Bethlehem first. And so I compared that to myself and I said, well, perhaps I wouldn't have left and gone to the shop that I've gone to afterwards mm-hmm. if I hadn't quit and started this job in the first place. Tried something first. Yeah, I've heard very similar stories from people where they kind of needed to go down one path first, and then that helped them lead them down into the proper path. And, and explain to our listeners a little bit that don't know, isocyanates. When you talk about that, what does that mean? Isocyanates, I'll tell you what, it is some very bad stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. in the hardener that is part of the, that's the catalyst that is added to the paints. It's added to the clear coat. It's added to the single stage. You will also find isocyanate in super glue. And I had become sensitized to it, but I didn't know it at the time. I just knew that when I'd paint, I'd start coughing something awful. Even one time, I walked past a side view mirror that someone had painted, and it was just sitting on the shop, drying, gas and eye. Right. And I started coughing just from smelling the paint that was gassing off of a side view mirror. Oh, uh, yeah. And this was um, around 1980. It was uh, right around the time there was a horrible accident in India, Bhopal, India. Uh, the chemical accident, yeah. I think Dow and Dow chemical, yeah. Um, yeah. And there, there was like 2,500 people in that village that were killed, yeah, that horrible. died from it. Yeah, horrible. And uh, so one day I... I'd broken my glasses, and I'm fixing them with some super glue. Got them stuck back together, put them on my face, and I start coughing like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I looked at, the, checked out the, the ingredients on the uh, super glue, and saw isocyanate, started putting two and two together. Yeah. Then I got tested. That's when I, I realized, okay, if I'm going to stay in this business, I'm going to need someone else to do my paint work. Yeah, or, or paint with something different that's more healthy for me. So, And that industry has certainly changed a lot over the years. From the early days, I remember being back in California where they'd paint with lacquers and things that, of course, uh, most places you can't use anymore. So, wow. Tough story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a, a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights kind of illuminate your way for a, a new direction, a new path. Well, I, I'd gotten hired at a, a large, well-known local body shop, and he had several different departments. And one department was a restoration department. Uh, uh, the older fellow he had working for him had passed away. And I went out there looking for a job, and he, he 
thought I'd be just right for that restoration department. Well, one of the early jobs I got was a 53 Mercedes uh, Benz 300, and the car was in horrible horrible shape. It was rusted out really bad. Hmm. Uh, the car was used as an everyday car in uh, Pennsylvania in the rust belt, mm-hmm. salt belt, you know, yeah. for a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other guys that worked there, in fact, he was the guy who was the first hire for this employer and longtime body man there. He looked at him and he said to me, you'll never make that car right. That was all I needed. <laughs> That's all you need to hear. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I take that dare. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Absolutely. that. Take that for two hundred. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Very cool. I like that. Well, how about proudest career moments? You know, you guys have made a lot of people happy with the restorations you do, and so many things. But is there one proud moment that stands out that you could share with us? Yeah, I could. If 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 you suffer with me, I could share maybe three. I'll make them <laughs> as quick as as can be. Okay. Taking a, a car to Amelia Island. Oh, the first yeah. car I taken there and. Having a trophy presented to me by uh, Phil Hill. Oh, how nice is that? Wow. Perhaps the following year, maybe two years later, I brought another card on. There was a 66 Pontiac GTO. And a Ford photographer came up and asked us, can I take a picture of the car? You know, yeah, sure. What's the big deal? Here he tells us that Ian Callum, who was the director of um, styling, for Aston Martin, which yeah. was a Ford company at the time, yeah. asked him to get a picture of that car for his wall. Mm. And I thought, wow. You know, so we did ask him to uh, send us a copy with his, uh, with uh, Mr. Collum's uh, autograph on it. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And then third, of course, the HRG. And I think Paul may have met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that car is really cool. I saw that car on the lawn at Pebble Beach. It was such a unique car, such a different car, something that I was never aware of and never heard of until I saw it. So uh, you guys did a fantastic job on that vehicle. Well, that car was um, a really challenging build. You know, the sheet metal was just really bad. The mm-hmm. wood was really bad. It had been completely taken apart. Well, just about completely taken apart when the owner first bought it in like 1966. And uh, then when he brought it over here, uh, he brought it over in boxes. And like a lot of people do, uh, you know, scar junkyards looking for spare parts. Well, he'd find a spare part and throw it in the box, too. So there were a lot of extra parts that had yeah. nothing to do with the car. What know? does this go to? <laughs> And when we finished that car and took it to Pebble Beach, uh, you know, the head judge came up and asked the owner of the car, uh, Mr. Affleck, would you uh, start the car for us? And he didn't even get in the car. He just reached in, turned the key, and the car started right up. The judge, (laughs) hopefully jokingly, (laughs) turned to us and said, well, this can't be an English car. Yeah, yeah. What have you got under the hood in this thing? So (laughs) Yeah. That's very cool. I encourage our listeners to just Google HRG 1938 Pebble Beach and you'll see pictures of that car. It's really spectacular. It's a beautiful white color. The undercarriage is kind of a green color, which uh, is really unique and different. So very, very cool. Well, congratulations for those three very, very proud moments. Let's have a little fun again and go back in time once more and talk about your first really special car. And if you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, I don't know how special any of these are, but, uh, you, you know, of course, what makes a car special is really the experience that you have with it. And I guess my first really fast car was a 66 Impella SS396, which mm. at the age of 18, that, that was pretty darn fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, plus, the motor had been uh, built for uh, 
racing, so it had some extra horsepower. And when before I bought it, the owner had changed the gearing so that uh, he'd get a little better gas mileage and drive it on the street. So it, it, it had airplane gears in it by that time. The first sports car I had was a, a, a one-year-old Porsche 914 oh. that I'd bought that was uh, that had been wrecked and uh, and traded in. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back to the, uh, things that make a car special, you know, like the 64 Chevy convertible I had that my wife-to-be and I eloped in. Oh, and, uh, how fun. <laughs> and by the way, it had bad brakes. <laughs> well, well, that's what kept that marriage going. You didn't have to ever stop. You just kept on going down oh, the road. Yeah, yeah, don't stop. Keep, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, how about seller's remorse? You've had a lot of cool cars, it sounds like, but is there one in particular you wish you had back in your garage? Well, you know... There was a uh, a 79 Mustang pace car mm. that I had bought new. And I tell you what, my wife and I had the most amazing experience in that car. We had two little girls at the time, and four of us went camping. The first night of camping, you know, my wife set out the, uh, the, the, the plastic flooring of the tent, and we all climbed in and, and went to sleep that night. And there was a huge rock right under my back. Ouch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I no, didn't get to sleep. No. She didn't get to sleep. She could hear the animals outside sniff around. So the second night we slept in the car. And it had Recaro bucket seats. So oh. <laughs> uh, she and I were really comfortable. The cargo area, the kids were small enough to fold down the back seat and they yeah. were comfy there. Yeah. Well, sometime through the night, my wife and I both woke up to a ball lightning storm. Oh my gosh. Now, when I say storm, I only mean that in the visual context because there was absolutely no noise. There was no thunder. And we experienced ball lightning for about 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And at the time, we were amazed at it, but it was several years before I found out how rare it is to see even one. Yeah, I've never lightning. even heard of it before. So it's is it like normal lightning, but you don't hear anything? Bolts of lightning, or is it like balls flying through the air? No, a ball. It's like a, a like a ball. Oh uh, say like maybe the size of a basketball. Oh wow, that's crazy. And they didn't necessarily come straight down. They went horizontal. You must have thought you were seeing UFOs. <laughs> it was it was absolutely wild. It was. Uh, Wow, that is such a memory. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 I've never seen that. I hope I get to see it someday. Uh, I've looked into, you know, ball lightning, try to find out more about it, and it really is a mystery. Wow, very unique. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. Now, your buddy Paul there talked about uh, the 3D works that you guys are doing and a bit about your business, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit more about maybe some of the cool projects you guys are working on this year. Well, we don't do much in the way of spec cars, that is cars that we buy and build and try to sell, but we do have one in-house. And uh, it started life as a four-door Jaguar, 1953, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a Mark IV. Well, that's a big four-door. It was, I guess, the bread and butter of Jaguar production back in those days. Mm -hmm. And what we've been doing is uh, we've been doing some cutting, chopping, channeling, sectioning, what Essentially, what we're doing is turning this big, huge four-door into a huge two-door coupe. Uh, We've uh, gotten rid of the back doors, but we didn't just get rid of the back doors and shorten the body out because then you'd have two short front doors, which would really look awkward. What we did was we took the front, uh, a front portion of the back door added to the back of the front door. Took uh, oh my gosh, cool back portion of the back doors 
added it to the quarter panels. I got rid of the center post, and uh, we also shortened the uh, the roof and moved the cow back. Oh, wow. So it's uh, and right now the plan is not to shorten the frame at all. So we'll lengthen the front end, and there's a purpose for lengthening the front end. Because, <laughs> I think you know, this has to do with a power plant. It does. In yeah. fact, it ha- has to do with two. Two? So, yes, we're, we're going to put uh, two V12s in line. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. Uh, hey, if a V12 Jaguar is enough of uh, irritation, then why not make two of them, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm trying to imagine syncing up all those carbs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Holy cow. This sounds amazing. Are you putting any pictures of this build on your website? No, we're not. No, it's all secret. Posting huh? anything yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait. You got to tell me when this thing is done so I can see it. This sounds absolutely crazy. You know, we first started down this road. I'm going, oh, man, there's going to be some uh, diehard aficionados out there. They're going, <laughs> oh, he's doing what to a Jaguar? But this sounds really, really interesting. Man, some creative thought going into this thing for sure. You know, I want to keep as many and as much of the uh, original contours to this car as possible Wow! in, in spite of you know, yeah. make it two door instead of four door. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't. Is there any kind of a, a deadline on when this should be done so we can see what you're talking about? No, I wish I had a deadline on when to get back on it again. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, I understand. Right, right now, it's being held up with some other projects, yeah, you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. you've got to uh, touch base with me when it's done and share it with me, and I'll share pictures on uh, my social feeds with all my followers because now you've got our interest peaked for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you what, Mark, we have shared more about this car with you oh, right now. All right. Well, there's a Cars Yeah scoop for you listeners. Very cool. I appreciate that. I cannot wait to see where this ends up. Wow. I got I to gotta sneak back there in Pennsylvania and uh, peek in your window and see what you guys are doing <laughs> there. So, very cool. Well, Bill, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would Bill be and why? It didn't take me any time at all. <laughs> this out and it would be an avanti oh it has uh, you know the avanti has such a unique design and it's low maintenance because because it's an american engine whether it be the studebaker or the later one with the uh, corvette motor in it but Mm -hmm. uh you know and and, uh, i've always admired raymond lowey his projects his designs and the avanti is a car that i've admired from day one and never waned on it Wow. Very, very cool. Well, you're, I think you're the first Avanti that I've had here on the cars. Yeah, out of 724 guests. So that's pretty unique. And, uh, <laughs> I know they have, uh, I think it's the very first prototype actually at the LeMay Museum, which is just down the road from where I live here. America's oh. Car Museum. Yeah. A really unique car that's, uh, undergoing a restoration. So, uh, very cool in Avanti. I think that fits you very nicely, Bill. You're a very unique guy. So, uh, I like <laughs> that very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, Bill, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. 
They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Bill, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It was very early and it is don't rush to finish a car for a show. Just take the time to finish it right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it once and do it right. Because otherwise, you're going to end up redoing it for sure. Yeah. Would yeah. you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? It has to be persistence. Mm, yeah. You know, it sounds like your your buddy Paul said something very similar. I always say that persistence tenacity is a entrepreneur's best friend. So I agree. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Other than, of course, your guy's website. <laughs> there is a company in Ohio called McMaster Car. They sell just about everything. Now, it's not an auto parts company, mm -hmm. but they sell everything for like industry. So oh. you will find everything from nuts and bolts, but uh, they are just an amazing resource and they get the stuff out the same day you order up until like seven at night. We get the stuff here the very next day. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard great things about McMaster, so I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, fine company. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, two of them. Ed Big Daddy Ross. <laughs> yeah. And Preston Tucker. Oh, now that would be an interesting dinner party, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Two very different people, but very innovative, creative people. I got to meet Big Daddy Ed Roth when oh, I was a kid. I've got a poster that he signed. My dad took me to a car show down there in Southern California where I grew up. And yeah, he was wild. He was bigger than life. <laughs> I think that'd be a really fun dinner party to have a couple drinks over. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our uh, listeners would enjoy reading as well? Yeah, I have two books that uh, awesome. uh, that, that, that are special to me, but they're not automotive, if you don't mind. That's okay. Okay. One is one I've read and studied for years now, and that's the Bible. Of course, yes. 
And the other one is a book called To Purge This Land with Blood Mm. by Stephen Oates. It's about um, the times leading up to the Civil War. Oh, wow. That's the first time that book's been recommended. Sounds like a great one. I I loved it. Yeah, fantastic. So, well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Bill has been so kind to share on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Bill Hahn, H-A-H-N is how you spell that last name. There's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and these two books and all the past great books, the uh, wonderful past guests I've had here on Cars Yeah have shared. And I've got it all set up for quick, easy clicks to buy. So just go to the Resources tab on the Cars Yeah website and you'll find all those wonderful books listed there. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Bill, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage... Money's no object, though. I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. Well, oh, thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. I'm feeling very flush. So uh, what would that car be and why? Well, this week it would be a Miserini Strata. It's probably going to be the same car next week, but <laughs> you know how car guys are, you know. <laughs> yeah. But a Miserini yeah. GT, I mean, a crazy, beautiful Italian styling. Looks like a bullet. An American power. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Gosh, those things are beautiful. And you know what's really unique about those cars to me? Because I got to spend a whole day with one once. It was uh, a race car, actually, is how far that engine sits back in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's practically in your lap. But it's an awesome, awesome, cool car. Um, I'll have to send you a picture. I've got a picture of my son when he was little sitting in one that belongs to a local friend up here. Uh, yeah, those things are just awesome. They just, uh, it's like a, a touring car that somebody squished down a little bit, so it's just yeah. got that wide stance about it. And Ah, wonderful. I'd love to buy you one of those. I think you'd look pretty good in that thing, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Bill, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, just like your buddy Paul took me on yesterday, and I really have enjoyed your stories and learning more about you and your business, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Car Show listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Bitzerini GT? Well, I'm almost embarrassed because it, it, it seems such a big question to ask someone. But, you know, having been asked, I would say to uh, pursue patience, persistence, and steadfastness in your car life, your business life, and your family and spiritual life. Ah, wonderful advice from a very wise man who walks his talk. And what's the best <laughs> way for our listeners to learn more about you and Paul and your business? Go to hanvorbach.com, H-A-H-N-V-O-R-B-A-C-H. Absolutely. And you'll also find links there to their 3D Works business as well, which is absolutely spectacular. We talked about in the show yesterday with Paul about how they make and manufacture unobtainium parts (laughs) that they can build for their cars, create and build for their cars. It's an absolutely wonderful new concept in uh, restoration business these days. And will help get those old cars built much, much faster. And again, listeners, you can find links to everything Bill has shared on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Bill Hahn. Bill, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing. Oh, it's been great. Your experiences with me and with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!